All right, and welcome back uh, to the Water Prairie Chronicles. This is episode two. I'm Steve, and this is Tonya. We're your hosts. We've got a very special guest this week. Our daughter, Emily, is actually going to be uh, interviewed. Uh, she's a college student, um, but she grew up with a couple issues. Uh, she has nystagmus and albinism and also has high myopia. So uh, it basically taken together, it's, she has low vision that affects uh, her, her ability to navigate the world. Because our conversation was longer than the half an hour mark, we decided to break this episode into two different parts. So part one, you're gonna to wanna to listen to that one's this one that we're introducing now. And we're talking about her diagnosis as an infant. I'll share some input throughout this as well, since I kind of was there at the time. And um, she's gonna talk about growing up with low vision, what it was like making friends, things like that. And then she's also gonna share a little bit in this episode about a business that she started when she was 12. And it has to do with her low vision. So you'll wanna watch through to see that. Then when you finish this one, make sure that you look for part two. Um, it'll have the same episode number, episode two, part two. And that one is going to go into depth of accommodations that she had as a student in elementary school, but also as a college student and suggestions that she makes for parents who have students that have low vision. She also is going to talk about the sport of goalball and um, settle the debate whether she as a low vision um, individual would use Braille or a cane. So if you're listening to the podcast, uh, we've also got a video out on YouTube. Uh, you, you can see some of the photos of what Emily's talking about. So that'll put things in a little more context uh, and you can really truly understand a little more about her. Uh, the YouTube links at link, it's our, our link tree site, uh, linktr.ee slash water prairie, linktr.ee slash water prairie. Welcome to Water Prairie Chronicles. You're my first guest and I appreciate you coming on to, to work with us. I know you really well because you're my daughter. So this, of course, this you know is me a little really different. Well. I'm of just that memorable. <laughs> but our listeners don't know you. So um, so whether they're listening now or listening in the future, um, I'm going to be asking you some questions that may seem kind of silly for me to be asking you as your mom, but it's because I want our our audience to get to know you as well as I do. Well, maybe not as well as I do, but but well. Because um, let's so, be honest, there are things you know about me that nobody else should know. <laughs> Only a mother should know, right? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good though for you. <laughs> mm -hmm, of course it is. <laughs> all right. So, um, so uh, basically, what what have you been up to recently? Like, what 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 are you doing this this the, this week? You've been telling me a little bit about some of the stuff you've been doing, but but share share a little bit of that with our listeners. Well, we had two snow days here because I live in the mountains and it's really cold uh so I didn't have anything to do for two days and then I went back to class and it's we're still in like the second week of classes so there's still not like a lot to do um but I got to know my teachers a bit more I met with one of them about my accommodations um because I was having issues with a Kahoot thing in class Kahoot needs to work on accessibility. I will say that, but um, we f I think we figured it out. I think it'll be okay for the next one, oh, um, but that was good. And then aside from that, I've been playing a lot of Minecraft. <laughs> now I do that a lot. <laughs> you've, you've set up a server or what is it that, that, that you're doing with your friends? 
Um, so I have a Discord server and a Minecraft server that I'm running right now. Um, they kind of go hand in hand. So everyone in the Minecraft server is on the Discord so we can talk to each other in the game. Okay. Um, yeah, so I started that about a month and a half ago and it was pretty good at first, but I just found out today that my house has exploded. <laughs> so that's <laughs> great. <laughs> so the peace of the kingdom is now gone, right? <laughs> oh, uh, it, it's it was long gone two weeks ago when I blew up spawn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's is it payback? I don't know yet. We're we're in the middle of figuring out what happened. Okay. So for those that are not in the Minecraft world, have no idea what you're talking about, but. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll 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 look into it now all they need to know is that we're all still friends <laughs> i think i think it's been it's been really cool how um during the pandemic and all that you have been able to bond with so many different kids of all different ages doing this and so i, th I think it's kind of, kind of been fun listening to to what, what you tell me about it i think that's one benefit of my generation being so immersed in technology I feel like it, to some point it's a little bit too much, but in some cases like the the, the COVID pandemic, um, we're really good at meeting people without actually being physically near them. So I've been able to find a community online and be able to to connect really well with them. And do, and do you feel like they're true friendships as if you were hanging out in person? Absolutely. Good. I've Good. I've met a couple of my online friends in person and. Aside from like the first five minutes of it being weird of like, oh my God, I'm seeing you in person, uh, pretty much connected immediately, like made some really good friends. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of people have had a lot of concerns about, um, well, you're, you're, you're in college now, but even the younger kids having so much online for the last couple of years and not really getting the social interactions. But I feel like at least what, what you and I talked about, it feels like you actually are making these friendships and you've got kids that are younger than you that are in high school. Anybody in middle school that's a, that's in your group with you? I don't think we have any middle schoolers. So um, high school, college, at some a couple years ago, there was one or two who were late middle school, but they're all in high school now. Right. So so you're all around the place. You're not all in the same community. Right. But um, but the fact that that you're able to kind of encourage each other and and keep those interactions going, I think, is, has been great. I actually started a um, an unofficial like tutoring thing in one of my first Discord servers. Um, so like I I've tutored about to be three people now in math. Nice through Discord. Nice. So so it's so it, it is probably you're more connected than you would have been if you were restricted by geography. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's that's kind of interesting. So you mentioned earlier about talking to one of your teachers. Um, so you've kind of touched on some of the unique, unique challenges that you have. Um, can you describe what that is? And um, I mean, as, as, much, as much as you're comfortable sharing with with the world, pretty much, because I don't know who, who will be listening to this. <laughs> so, so I'm pretty comfortable sharing a lot of my disability with people because I know there are people out there who aren't going to some of them aren't even going to know to ask about how to make accommodations in class. Like they, some people don't know that's a thing, right. which is disappointing, but that's why you're here. <laughs> well, and that, that is what Water Prairie Chronicles is all about. You and your brother spurred us on to have to really ask a lot of hard questions when you were younger. And, um, and because of that, um, your dad and I have learned a lot of things through the years that might've been helpful had we known them when you were younger. But um, but we want to help share that with other people and maybe help some of the parents of younger children 
have a better chance at knowing where to go for help, what the resources are that are for them, and to push their children to reach their potential. And that, that's that's always been what our goal has been for you and for your brother, is that no matter what the disability might have been, that you still have a potential to reach. We just have to find maybe a different way to get there. And, yes. um, so, so exactly what is now you're, you're using the word disability. So I'm going to use that word. I know, yes. I know some people that I have conversations with, they're not comfortable with that word. They'd rather use other words. So I think with water Prairie Chronicles, I'm just going to have to cater this to whoever I'm talking to at the time. Absolutely. Um, and so, cause, cause I'm learning that there's no right or wrong on this. It really right. depends on, on the individual. Yeah. So, um, d- d- different people have different comfort levels with talking about their disability. Some people don't like mentioning it at all. And some people like me are totally open with it. So you, you really have to ask each person. So, um, so, so tell us what is, what is the diagnosed issue that you have and what is the disability that comes with that? So I have albinism. Uh, a lot of people with that I talk to don't actually know what albinism is, but they've heard of albino. It's the same thing. Um, some people find the word albino uh, to be derogatory. So that's another thing you want to make sure to ask people before you use whatever you talk <laughs> to them about albinism. Um, but Albinism at its at basic level, it affects um, the amount of pigment in people's hair, skin, and eyes. For me, it affected my eyes mostly. Um, so I have uh, severe nearsightedness. Um, I have nystagmus and so my eyes shake all the time. Um, and my retinas are very fragile. So if I get like hit in the face with a ball, like in, in, in gym class, I might lose my vision. So that's fun. <laughs> Um, am I missing anything? I don't think I'm missing anything. <laughs> See, in this case, I, I know probably as much, if not more than you, because I knew all those early You're better years. at explaining this. Than, I just hit my mic. I'm so sorry. You're better at explaining this than I am. So that's why I have to <laughs> double check. I think you did a pretty good job there, though. All right, cool. So one thing, though, that I would wanted to separate here for parents who have children with albinism um, in your particular case, you have high myopia as well as albinism, and they don't necessarily go together, but in your case, they do. So you kind of have a perfect storm there with both of them together. Ah, um, uh, yes. <laughs> so, perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> when you were when you were an infant and we were looking for some answers, we had you at the Children's Hospital in Boston, and I remember the director of, of ophthalmology was your doctor. And kept telling me, you know, well, you, you don't, you don't have to worry about a diagnosis. Um, she, she just has um, high, high myopia for an infant, and there's, there's no, there's no reason for it. And, um, and my big well, thing was, I just needed a name because, you know, jokes the, on them. Yeah. I do have albinism, <laughs> so and that is the cause. We did eventually change doctors and found someone who actually knew, knew a little more of what she was looking at. It's but, always um, good to get get more than one source for for that kind of stuff. Well, and I know there are people who just have nystagmus, nothing else. There's just yeah. no real reason for it. They just happen to have nystagmus. So I actually people- learned recently that there can be, I guess, late onset nystagmus from diabetes, which is interesting. Yeah, there can be from MS too. And, you know, I have, yeah. I have multiple sclerosis that, yeah. that can come in from that. Um, what I understand of it, those who get it later really have a hard time with balance issues and things later. Absolutely. Because like, if you have it from birth, your brain is already working to try and compensate against it. So if you go, what, like 50 years with, without nystagmus, and then all of a sudden you have nystagmus, 
and you can't control it. So your brain doesn't know what to do with that information. So it's going right. to take you longer to get used to it. Right. So th- th- thankfully at this point, that's not developed for me. And I'm praying that it's not, not going to be an issue because I can just only imagine the, the, the um, d- dizzy episodes that I might be having trying to walk away with it. Well, that, but your, your acuity probably is going to go down too, because you have yeah. less opportunity to see stuff. <laughs> right. Right. I know a lot about that. <laughs> so, so between the, the high myopia and the, and the nystagmus, which one do you think affects you more? I think nystagmus for sure. Cause okay. it, it changes from day to day. So some days it's better, some days it's worse. But if I, if my eyes were totally still focusing on something, I would need significantly less time to try and figure out what I'm looking at. And oh, I, think true. That's the, I think that's the biggest, biggest thing that affects me. Um, I think if I didn't have nystagmus, I'd trust myself to drive. True. That's yeah, what, this- that's, that's the one biggest factor that, that helped me choose if I wanted to drive or not. So if you're not driving, how, how do you get around? Uh, most of the time you or daddy are driving me somewhere. <laughs> well, but right now um, but you're now six I'm, hours now away I live or three, hours, three away. hours away from home. Yeah. So, um, if I need to go to Walmart, I will take the bus. Um, a lot of the things around my campus specifically, and this is one of the, the, the things that I looked into when I, when I decided to come to this school is, um, a lot of the things that I want to, that I might want to go to are within walking distance. Right. So even if the bus doesn't have a route to go to where I need to, I can still walk, not, I don't have to walk 10 miles to go to the store. I know that a lot of our listeners are going to be parents with children with disabilities. So some of those parents are going to have children with either low vision or albinism or nystagmus. Um, so thinking about that group, um, and I was trying to think back when you were young, what were some of the questions that I had that I wish I'd, I'd known. And we, we were living in different areas where we had some resources that helped us a lot as parents, but not everybody has that. So um, so the one thing that meant a lot to me was we went to a conference a couple of times where we got to talk to teenagers that had similar eye conditions to you. And, um, and it gave me a view of what's the future going to be like, even when you were seven, eight months old. So some of those questions I wanted to ask you now were thinking about you now as a role model for those parents and watching their children and what are their goals now for their kids to try to help them get to where you are now. Um, so do you remember when you first were aware that you had an eye condition of any type? Probably about second grade, maybe. Cause I don't think, cause I don't remember much about when I was <laughs> like in elementary school, <laughs> but um, definitely by third grade, possibly second grade. Um, because I do remember having to, to like go up closer to see the board sometimes. And I would just sit on the floor in front of the board sometimes <laughs> to see, um, because I don't think I really had to do that when I was younger. Cause like, everything's just kind of there in front of you. Yeah. Do you remember when you were in preschool getting stressed out in your classrooms? No. So yeah, I, I can remember mm. you there was a lot of visual clutter. There were a lot of bright colors around a lot of pictures and colored fabrics and everything. And, um, one of the counselors that I talked to was explaining to me that for you to focus on, to find out where your teacher was and all that chaos was really hard where the other kids could see it. Clearly you were kind of working a little bit harder trying to find her. So you were just exhausted by the time I'd pick you up half day through, you know, you were there like four hours and you're exhausted. (laughs) But I wondered if you'd remember that. 
I, I, I don't remember that, but I've had a couple other situations like that. I, I remember one specifically uh, in art class one day in like third or fourth grade, maybe. Um, I, there was like a bunch of different stuff on the front board and I was trying to like, and I think the teacher was standing in front of it or something, but I remember like watching her, but I could see everything else around her start to like kind of move a little bit because I was focusing on it so much. It, yeah. was, <laughs> it was very bizarre. It's like um, in music class when I had the the wavy lines trying to read the, the, the sheet music. Oh, right, right. Kind of like that almost. Yeah, so um, for our listeners, Emily went through playing the recorder in elementary school, and then she went on to play the violin later. Um, but the music was enlarged quite a bit so that she could distinguish where those notes were. And I remember that being part of the decision of what type of instrument you would play in middle school, is whether you would need, um, like like piano was going to be too much because there were more more than one note on it. We wanted a solo type instrument so that you could, could really blow up your, your notes to be able to see what they were, but it, but it worked out. You had, you had instructors who worked with you to, to make those, those huge sheets of paper for you. Yeah. Think about like a normal eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and almost double it. That's what I was working with. (laughs) But you then went on to play in the local orchestra for the community and they, that was stressful. <laughs> well, but you had to audition. You had, you know, not but they... from a visual standpoint, because <laughs> they were very great about that. I was more intimidated by how I was older by, than everybody by like five years, probably, and expected to play at the same level. They all knew how to sight read. I didn't. <laughs> and the yeah. instructors were getting frustrated with me. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I only have two years of middle school orchestra under my belt. What do you expect from me? <laughs> but you but you you stayed with it and and did well with it so we 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 were proud of you with that so um what now you said about second or third grade is when you remember feeling there was something different there and having to go to the front for the board was there anything else that happened during that time was that the main difference as far as realizing that you couldn't see what everybody else was seeing I know in fourth grade more kids were making comments about my glasses uh there was just one kid who would always would she would ask me every day without fail why my eyes are so small. And I don't remember actually giving her an explanation, but I definitely took off my glasses and showed her the difference. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually so that, pretty smart. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so I know when you were young, we put a lot of restrictions on you because your retinas were so fragile. Did that make you feel left out? Did you ever feel like you know, you wish you could have done other things than, than what we would let you do. I think if I had any interest in doing those other things, I probably <laughs> would have resented you more. But because oh, all more. I so you to did do, resent us <laughs> a little bit, but to, but because I wanted to play video games all day and that was a safe activity, I didn't really care that much. <laughs> well, we did we did find things that you could do. You you swam. I still did karate. You still which, did karate. Because it was adapted. Yeah. Um, although one one instructor didn't get the memo, yeah. but thankfully I'm fine. <laughs> well, and, and and you you earned your black belt. I did. I you, was you halfway to getting my second degree, but that was because of disinterest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they but they but we found a dojo that was able to modify things for you so that you still got the workout, still had the full testing, yeah. but they kept it safe for you. So yeah, which, I think which it I helps. really appreciated. I think it helped that we went to a dojo that primarily had younger kids. So they kind of knew how to deal with 
non-traditional ways of yeah. teaching karate already. Yeah. So when the, and their focus was in trying to help kids that had exceptional needs. Yes. So they were they they were very willing to accommodate. And I think if any, any of our listeners are are listening, no matter what the situation is for their own child, I would encourage them to look for a dojo like that. Um, as far as trying to look for self-esteem building and strength. Absolutely. Um, there, 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 there are great ones out there. So, so, so you swam, you did that. Um, you dance, you did dance. That's right. Um, you did dance when you were really young, but then we really young, had to stop. And then I did karate basically. And then I phased back into dance in high school again. And right. I'd like to take it a, a ballet class here as my PE. I just haven't figured out when to do it. <laughs> right. Well, and with COVID, I know you tried last year, but it was online for dance. So it was kind of hard. That was modern so. dance. It was different. Oh, I hadn't was, done okay. that before. Um, and that was, that class was entirely focused on uh, how to, like, just moving your body in ways to express yourself. And I feel like that would have worked really nicely for, for anybody with any ability, but because I don't understand how I'm feeling most of the time, it just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So modern dance is not your area of dance. <laughs> no, no, but that's completely irrelevant to my right. disability. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then you also, um, you, you also played baseball with the Miracle League. Yeah. So, so you were able to, to get onto a team environment that way um and then we'll talk later about goalball but you also and did you start middle school with goalball or high school i want to say mid late middle school that's what i'm thinking maybe it was like seventh i was introduced to it much earlier than that but i didn't start playing recreationally with the avengers until probably middle school did your eye condition prevent you from having any friendships no so, okay well i mean just I mean, just my introvertedness did right. i was gonna say and and that's part of what you have to separate too as personality and disability yeah it, it it was hard for me to figure out what was causing what in my life until probably pretty recently um where i've realized that i am significantly more introverted than i realized <laughs> and, and it might have been influenced by the visual impairment maybe but I think, I think it's personality on it. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times whenever I meet, um, especially kids who have a disability, I think it's really hard, like you're saying, to identify which is which. And, um, and maybe, you, they're, maybe they're insecure about their disability or exactly. they're just very introverted. And they can, I think they can appear similarly. So you just kind of have to figure out how to figure that out. I mean, I, I, I grew up without a disability, but... I mean, I had a hard time getting in and making good friends. I've always had friends, but I wasn't the one that was going to be out there and be the life of the party. So, yeah, um, I'm, so I'm the same way. So that, you know, <laughs> like mother, like daughter. Yeah, yeah, I think in a lot of ways you are. Yeah. Um, all right. So thinking of those parents of younger kids now, do you have any tips that you would tell them about, um, about how they're helping to encourage their young child with a visual impairment? Um, I would say... Definitely, there's like a fine line between recognizing that your kid has a disability and overly protecting them, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you really have to figure out uh, a good way to make sure your kid understands that, yeah, there are, you are going to have limitations in your life, but also not overly protecting them from that. Okay. And then that would be, that would be a good place to start, I think. Okay. And then for the children themselves, um, what pointers do you have for them 
as they're coming through school, I think would be the main focus time. If you have a visible disability, people are going to notice, obviously, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it as, as an offense. If people point it out to you, I would take it as, I personally take it as an opportunity to explain the nature of my disability and, and, and say, yeah, I can't see well a lot of the times, but I'm still doing X, Y, Z things. I'm still in college. I'm, I'm on track to graduate. Um, I'm still doing, I, I do go, I play a bunch of sports or I did in high school. I did a lot of different clubs. I have all these friends. So, and some people are going to be mean, <laughs> but that's, that's the same way for everybody. Um, but I would just, I would just take it with a grain of salt and, and find the people who are going to support you and be nice to you. Do you remember in middle school art class um, when we were at your second middle school? Okay. Okay. Do you, do you know where I'm going with this? Yes. I, I think. <laughs> so yes. that was, yeah. I think that was your first, well, it wasn't your first bully situation, but I think it was the first big one for you. Yeah. And do you remember what you told me at the end of the day that day? Your reaction well, I told about you a lot voice. of things, but but I I remember thinking, or at least realizing that this kid was obviously bullying me for the way that I looked. He's probably insecure in some way about himself. And, <laughs> That's I, I what was, I'm thinking about. Yeah, it, it, I, w- I, w- I was I was impressed with your reaction to it. Yet, yes, it disturbed you. Yes, it, it bothered you. It was it wasn't a physical bullying. It was a verbal bullying. Uh, more emotional than anything else, I think. Just trying yeah. to really, really just dig at you. I but, remember feeling overwhelmed in class when I heard about it. I was like, I didn't, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I was also across the room at the time, and my friend noticed it before I noticed it. <laughs> I didn't really care about what people thought about me growing up, so I was not really super phased. But it was definitely annoying i guess <laughs> well, your your comment to me later that night um after you told me about it was um he just isn't educated enough to understand and yeah and i thought that was that was a pretty spot-on reaction because what that's really what was, it comes down to well it is and it was more i mean i, I like the ad- idea that your viewpoint was if he just knew a little bit more he wouldn't have even thought what he did and it was more that insecurity on his part of not understanding what he was trying to understand yeah. and, and just, and, and, and seeing how you've taken that now to where you are now, where you're more outspoken about it, where it's not criticizing someone else from misunderstanding, but just, you know, Hey, I, I, I can fill you in on this. Take it as a learning opportunity. Exactly. Or teaching opportunity. And I, and I think that that would be a good thing for younger kids if they could wrap their head around that and understand yeah. that, you know, it's not, it's, it really isn't personal. It feels personal at the time, but it really isn't personal. It's more just a lack of understanding, whether it's another kid or an adult, because mm-hmm. comment, comments are made. Yeah. When, you, when you were a baby, the reason I was first looking for a name to put to your eye condition was because of all of the, the well-meaning grandmas who would stop in the grocery store and, um, and admire my baby and then do a little backup when they saw your eyes and, and comment mm-hmm. about your, your eyes moving kind of strangely. Yeah. So. People will unfortunately either make fun of or just completely shun 
the things or people that they don't understand. Yeah. And that's, that's all it is. I mean, we all yeah. have quirks about ourselves that, that other people don't understand. <laughs> I, I will say what I have noticed, um, if I'm out using my cane somewhere and there's like, let's say a family of there's parents and there's young kids with them, the kids will be curious about what this cane is. Like, what is this? And they'll want to, they'll want to ask their parents, what is that? What, what is she using? And, and I love that kind of enthusiasm that kids have, but I've noticed that adults will be like, don't look at her. That's like, that's rude. Yeah. That's not how you teach your kids about this stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so let me, let me talk to them for two seconds. I'll clear this up just in like, in like two seconds. It'll be fine. <laughs> All right. So my next question was, do you have any tips for the peers of the kids? So this actually is a good, a good point here. So so what if so if I if if I want to be a friend with someone who has a disability, what what's my best way? Is is it better just to go and just ask about it or to some people are gonna be comfortable with you asking about their disability, but some people aren't. So I would start off with trying to be friends with them as who they are. Oh and wow. then maybe and then, then maybe <laughs> I know such a <laughs> such a crazy <laughs> crazy thought. Um but figure just talk to people and just meet them for who they are because disability or not, like people are people are gonna, you, you gotta be friends with people, you know? Right. <laughs> um, but then, but then maybe later, if, if you really do want to know um, like, Hey, what's your, what's, what's going on here? Then maybe you can ask them like you're friends with them then hopefully. Right. <laughs> just be polite. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think, I think that's, that's very good advice for pretty much anybody, you know, whether you're, yeah. Yes. You know. If there's any, I just want to say, if there's any adults here watching this, kudos to you for, for learning about disabilities, because not a lot of people are open to that these days. All right, so what are you doing now? You said you're in college. What are you doing while you're in college? What are you studying? What are you, do, what are you doing at school? So I'm studying commercial photography, which I'm exploring more now because I'm in more, more than just the basic, basic classes. So I'm in a studio photography class which is going to be a lot more accessible than my last, my previous photography classes, because we'll be tethered to a computer when we're shooting. So I'll be able to see almost live what my shots look like. So that nice. will help. Um, and then I'm in a survey of photographic careers class, which I, in a month, I think three weeks, maybe I'm giving a presentation on film and, and editing. So I'll be able to talk about video, which is another passion of mine. Um, and I'm learning more that the, even though the degree is commercial photography, not everybody goes on to become a professional photographer. Um, Cause you have to, you, there's a certain personality type that you need to, to be, to be a good professional photographer. Um, a lot of people go on to be like photographers assistants and they get paid pretty well still. So even just understanding the uh, photo software and how to back up hard drives, like you can get paid pretty well for that. So side jobs. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm excited to learn more about videography because there's a couple of classes, uh, videography within the photography major. So nice. So do you know yet what you want to do? Is, is it too early in your studies? I have a very vague concept of what I think I'd like to do. Only time will tell if I actually want to do that. But right now, I like the idea of continuing my my business. Uh, I'd like to rename my business, I think, 
at some point re-rename my business because it used to be called Cards for Kids. Right now it's called Emily's Originals, but I want to change it again. <laughs> but we'll figure that out later. Right. So while we're while we're talking about that, because I was going to ask you about that, um, what is I Cards for Kids this. or Emily's Originals? So Cards for Kids started. Uh, it's a business that I that I started um, when I was twelve. So almost 10 years ago now. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> but I was in middle school and I needed an iPad to help me better access my course materials because it would help me enlarge my homework or my professor, not my professors, my teachers. I'm talking like I'm in college. <laughs> I am in college. I wasn't at when I was 12. My teachers could send me like PowerPoint slides or presentations so that I could just see on my iPad rather than having to look on the board. Um, but I needed, I didn't have any way to buy one for myself. So my parents, you, mother and my dad, this, uh, this challenged me to figure out a way to raise the money myself. So I formed this business, Cards for Kids with a K and a Z. Um, and I sold greeting cards uh, that were made from copies of paintings and drawings that I made. Um, so about, was it a year after the business started, I think? Yeah whenever I got my iPad. And then since then, I've been able to buy another iPad for another visually impaired student, but I haven't figured out who to give it to yet. I, I would like to grow that business a bit more and hopefully help other people with either visual disabilities or maybe even other disabilities uh, purchase technology that they, they might need at home. So with the iPad that you have now, how are you trying to find a recipient for that? My first idea was to go to YouTube and online, and it got a pretty good response. So I made some some little advertisement videos on my YouTube channel and, and put enough tags on it that it would be visible. Um, unfortunately, most of the people who applied all live in India, and I can't really fly across the world to go give them an iPad. <laughs> Although that would be cool. Um, I did get a couple from within my states. They were already receiving technology from their school that they could use at home, and that wasn't really what I was looking for. So I think my next step is to look around um, my college right now, because we're kind of in a, a more, what's the word, rural area. Yep. There's not like big cities around that are highly funded. So I might check around, see what schools around here need help. I have a contact that I'm going to send you of a retired teacher who used to teach in a system not far from you. Um, she might she might be able to help you locate someone within her district. And I know she stayed involved with the district, so um, so I'll, I'll I'll get you in touch with her too to see if that we would be figure great. out somebody. All right, so don't forget to watch part two. You can find out in that one about the accommodations for students with low vision. You're going to find out about the sport of goalball that Emily likes to play, and she's going to tell you what she's doing with that sport. And you're also going to find out about low vision, whether you should use um, a cane or learn Braille. Uh, we've had a couple folks send uh, suggested resources to us through the Linktree site. If you've got a resource or a potential person that you'd like for us to interview, an organization that you found helpful, if you'd send us uh, that through the Linktree site as well. We're open to any ideas and possible resources that you think might be able to help others. That's, that's those kinds of things that we're looking for.
We also ask that you share this with anyone that you know that might benefit from it. So um, send them the links to the podcast, to the website, or to the YouTube channel. And you can find all of our links, even for social media, on our Linktree site. And as we said at the beginning of this, if you're listening on the podcast and want to see the images of what Emily's referring to, then go to the YouTube channel because in that version of the podcast, we've inserted different um, images. So you can scan through it to find those sections that, that you want to see. And we'll, we'll be adding some extra supplemental um, videos there as well. So you may want to check there periodically and just subscribe to that channel so that you'll be alerted. Hopefully, I think that's how it works with, um, with any new videos that we put out. Thanks for listening.